Hey everybody, you're tuning in to Mad About It. I'm your host, Becky. Becky with the good hair. That's right, it's me. Uh, today, today we have a special edition episode. Zach, do you want to say hi? Hi, I'm Zach. This is my friend Zach. I have a friend. Here he is. He's real, and he's got his own voice. It's fucking nuts. I'm also in a different place. I'm not in the Tucky anymore. I'm in Detroit. Zach? Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. Where this my is house. a place. It's a city that, that exists, and there's people here, and well, one, one person. I found one. the Detroit citizen. At least one. Maybe and, a couple other people. But I tell you, they are a very, very interesting, very special person. I don't want to be a queer supremacist about it, but they also happen to identify as a gay man. So Hi. take it as you will. It might be better than all of us. It is just it's what it is. So we, we got some good company. The, the real reason I brought Zach on here is because this, this episode is, is home for the holidays. It's almost Thanksgiving. It's almost, uh, you know, Hanukkah. I know uh, Passover already happened, so I, I'm sorry that Hanukkah doesn't mean anything to you. I know that Passover is a way <laughs> bigger deal. I'm just saying that this is the time of year that these happens. I'm not trying to say that Hanukkah is important. Anyway, then Christmas happens and New Year's and stuff. You might end up spending time with people that you fucking hate. And sometimes those people are people you're related to. Ooh. And uh, Zach here is, you know, I can't, I can't speak for him. But no stranger to those issues. He, he seems to be an expert at, at being related to people that you just seem to disagree with no matter what. It's like, how, how are we in the same gene pool? Yeah, I've really tried to cultivate a relationship with my family where we're the most at odds possible. Yes, yes. You know, it's almost yeah. like uh, we were talking, we were, we were, we were, he was showing me around Detroit. Because I've only driven by Detroit. I've never seen Detroit. It's a magnificent place. And... He was driving me around, and we couldn't help but talk about how we we both seemed to gravitate toward counterculture. And at what point, you know, is is the disagreement the thing that we like? Is 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 at what point like the divergence, the thing that we like about things? So maybe it's inherent that if we're born into people, we're just gonna we're just gonna diverge, and and that's gonna be the thing that we like potentially. No. Hmm, curious. Curious, but also ridiculous. Maybe not so ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Right. Growing up to really love the people who raised you is not an uncommon thing. For sure. Maybe it's just as common as growing up and dis- disagreeing, disliking the people you were raised by. Right. Have you seen uh, Twilight, though? Uh, yeah, I've seen uh, Twilight. So the you know the the Bible says in Twilight that you know you imprint when you know when you're born the werewolves they imprint onto their their lovers uh-huh. and the people that they're destined to be with and I don't want to say it but you know Edward or no Edward's the vampire right uh, Edward, Jacob, Jacob is the, is the Jacob oh, fuck I'll edit that part out but Team Jacob by the way I don't want to sound like I don't know my Twilight man like I'm kidding I'm, the, obviously the Twilight reference is ridiculous I don't really but, know Twilight though fuck man you should have been born a lady you know Twilight automatically and you don't have a choice everybody tells you about it you know you just you get sucked in no matter what uh, Donna and and, and uh, Parks and Rec she gets it 
Donna Meagle. Donna Meagle fucking loves her Twilight, man. Those books are dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what she says? Yeah, she's like, don't shit on Twilight. Because, uh, 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 what's her face? Leslie is like, why does this guy want Twilight in the yeah. time capsule? It's so stupid. And then, and then Donna's like, Donna's like, don't you, don't talk about things you don't know. It's like, yeah, because fucking Twilight, it's a pretty good story, honestly. If you like, like, really kitschy shit and you've never read anything else, you know? Like, I, I read Twilight when I was an actual teenager, like, before I'd read other books, and I was like, oh, that's a good book. And then I read, like, literally anything else. I was like, fuck. That shit's not good. But, Lord of the anyway. Rings for me. I was more of a Lord of the Rings guy. Lord of the Rings is dope as fuck. I also read Lord of the Rings. Um, but, nobody imprints on anybody in Lord of the Rings. No. So Lord I don't know why you're bringing this of, up. <laughs> it's a world of magic. Well, it's just what I was reading instead of Twilight. Well, I mean, well, let's talk about it for real, though. Why were you reading so much? Because you're trying to not hang out with your family. Well, funnily enough, on that subject, my dad introduced me to Lord of the Rings uh, growing up um, as, like, kind of a bedtime story. I think it was probably, like, six or seven. Dope. Uh, and we started reading it. I don't necessarily hate my parents, you know? Like, I... I don't hate my parents. Yeah. I... I disagree with them on so many things, but, you know, it's not to say that there weren't things in childhood that we bonded over. You know, we had For sure. some good good things in our relationship, too. Lord of the Rings is definitely one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My mom read uh, Harry Potter to me, and uh, I uh, wanted to read more of it than she did, so I eventually we stopped because I just kind of kept reading on my own, and she was like, what the heck, I'm tired. But Why like, did she stop? Oh, you mean like at she, night? Like she, yeah, she would read to Harry Potter to me at night, and then like, but like my mom worked full time as a kid. As a kid, she would just literally just be tired, so she would read like one chapter, and it would just be like, I mean, Harry Potter one chapter is like, are you fucking serious? Like this is nuts. Like we gotta SV out chapter another at least. Yeah, know, the chapters just, end so well. You want to keep reading? I, I mean, like you know, this is pre Netflix, so like J.K. Rowling knows like, how to really end a chapter. And says like, are you still watching? And like you're reading Harry Potter. It's like, are you still reading? It's like, fuck yes, I am. You know, I'm still reading. It's yeah. ridiculous, but yeah. So of course, I also love my parents, but um, it is a bit uncanny how much you can love someone and how much they can make you feel unloved at the same time without meaning to you know and i kind of feel like a lot of times especially in the holidays when everybody's all together and like norms are norming around me i i can't help but feel uh incongruent with my environment even though these are people that made me these are people that i'm bonded with these are people that i enjoy and yet somehow I am not comfortable, you know, I, I, and I never feel comfortable when I'm with my family on holidays. And, um, you know, maybe that's just my own experience, but I often feel on edge. I feel like, you know, uh, I mean, because I hear them say things that, that are directly, you know, like about me but they aren't about me you know they're about like gay people or democrats or like they'll just make huge generalizations about things and like i'll either have to confront them about it and then like be the asshole that's confronting them or i'll just have to sit there and take it both of which are options that i don't like so like i don't really like being the contrarian that picks the fight but i also don't like being the person that sits there and takes it 
So let me ask you, do you feel generally welcome by your family at holidays? Yes. Like they're happy to see you? Thanks for coming over? Uh, yes. Um, but I also, you know, I can't help but uh, deny that there are just other things at stake. I've had a lot of health problems throughout my life, and I felt like I, I definitely feel that I have been treated differently at different points in my life with my health. And um, especially when my health was very visibly bad, uh, people treated me very poorly. And uh, I can't help but feel like that's like a like a durable thing or like a hamster thing. Like one time, I, I had, as a kid, I had hamsters. The ba- they had babies. When the babies got sick, the mom ate every single baby in the every single baby in the pen. I watched the mom eat every single baby. You know, I could have left, but again, there was no Netflix. And so you just watch the hamsters eat the babies. So, like, I kind of feel like when somebody's sick, there's an animal instinct thing that people are just like, I'm going to eat this baby, you know. But, um, so that's kind of a mix. I can't, I can't pretend like that's not in the mix. So it's hard to say, like, you know, is it the gay thing? Or is it other things mixed in, you know? Is it just the gayness? Is it, is it my own perception of how I feel? Because I can't help but feel uncomfortable. I know that I, I know that they want me to feel welcome, but I'm not sure if they want me to feel welcome uh, to be myself. I never feel like I'm able to be myself. I always feel like I have to be like a nice, polite, quiet... Exactly. Like, uh... Distilled. Submissive. Refined. And I, and I, and I never... Suppressed. To be fair, though, I've been to, I've been to, uh, in college, we talked about this briefly, but I lost contact with my family for a few years, uh, when I came out to them as gay. They had a really hard time dealing with this, so... In college, I went to friends' Thanksgivings, and I had Thanksgiving in college. I didn't go home for Thanksgiving, and I didn't go home for Christmas. I went to other people's things, and um, it was kind of cool because I got to see a bunch of random people's Thanksgivings, but, like, it's also shitty to be, like, a random stranger in everybody else's Thanksgiving, and, and like, I remember uh, being too happy to be able to be comfortable because at least when I was at somebody else's family their opinions of me didn't matter, so I could just be myself. But for some reason now, when I'm back with the family that used to reject me, that now goes out of their way to try to make me feel more comfortable, I often just kind of go back to that same place. I feel like the same rejected person. I feel like that same person that can't come home. I feel like that person that can't call. I feel like that person, when they do call, they get hung up on. How are we supposed to get out of that place of, like when you see people in your life trying to make an effort and then you kind of automatically go back to that former self place. Ah, fuck if I know, man. That's why we're doing the podcast. That's, I guess that's the goal, man. That's hard as fuck to do that. It's hard as fuck. Like, to be able to, to switch and to be like, okay, from now on, I came out to my parents. Now on, everything is going to be sweet. Like, hunky-doo, you know, all this good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just not cool that way. Like, there's such a recuperation period. Like, you're rehabilitating yourself in a society. And I feel like in some cases, people are actually trying to discover themselves for the first time after doing all these things. So, it's really disheartening when it comes to, like, Thanksgiving time. Where you feel like, okay, I haven't seen my family in quite a while. I've been, like, doing my own thing on my own. Everything's going good. 
And then as soon as that door swings open for Thanksgiving and you see your family, you instantly go back to your, like, shelled self. I, I mean, I, I, it sounds like it's almost, you know, can't, I don't, you know, not to use, to throw the word around lightly, but it, it, it sounds similar to sort of, sort of like a trauma situation where you're, you know, you've had so many bad experiences, you're so used to feeling bad. Stockholm Syndrome. And, and you have to just deal with it in some way you know you have to live you have to keep living uh-huh. and you have to cope and you have to be yourself while being in an environment that doesn't let you be yourself i mean the whole fucking thing is a is a mind fuck you know the stockholm syndrome gaslighting whatever whatever you want to say about it it's like you know because my the thing that bothers me the most is that i was rejected from my family verbally and physically and i don't I've never been apologized to, but they have welcomed me back. It's a different sort of thing. Do you expect a formal apology? I don't want an apology. I suppose the way that they are behaving is like an, a form of an apology. It's you know? their apology that they. Can and I know that they're out. just not mature and they're just not going to be able to do it. Like I don't, I don't think they're going to be capable of that. I don't have high hopes for that. But like, uh, uh, I guess that for me, it just it feels. And so invalidating, it feels like it didn't happen, but it did happen, and it was very bad. And it was it was this dark period in my life where I didn't have a family. And when you have to feel that, even if it even if it's a short period of time, even I, the, when I was closeted, I I felt that same way, even though they were accepting of me. And then I told them, and then they weren't accepting of me. And it, inva- it, 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 sorry, it validated all those, those bad feelings. It, it made all those inside voices say, fuck yeah, you are, like you are a monster. You are unlovable. You are fucked. You are disgusting. You, nobody's ever gonna love you. Your own family rejects you. How can you deal with your own family rejecting you while also having to like pretend like it you know it's a fucking it's a fucking mess and like even when you are over it even when you're moving on even when you're getting better you're still there and it's like is it because it's where you started is it because it's a trauma is it because is it because they're doing something is it something they're doing i don't i'm not sure because to me, I feel like acting like nothing ever happened is a form of, of being an ass. Like, like pretending like it's not happening. Like when you come out to them and they're like, there's like that conversation that you have, however it goes, doesn't matter. But then forever after, you just don't discuss it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very much my scenario in my family where it's like, I came out to my parents separately about a year apart. And since then, we have basically not talked about it like it by basically i mean maybe once or twice my parents have said i don't have a problem with gay people getting married just as like a broad thing sometimes not even to me but i came out to them i was like dad i'm gay you're later i said mom i'm gay and then that's all in the past several years my parents have discussed with me about my sexuality and outside me talking to them about it specifically that one time they have acted and pretended as though, like, that I'm straight still. Like, like they're still under this ruse. 
and all of their friends don't know, like, most of the family doesn't know, like, they're the only two people in the whole gene pool that know, probably will ever know, and, like, I, I remember there was a couple months ago, it was, like, my all my dad's friends from college were in town, and they had this, like, big dinner, and I was the only, like, generation, like, only the kid of all the friend group that came, because I think it was just by my parents' house or something, and I was in the area or whatever. And all my dad's friends from college were there, and it was, like, chummy old times. Like, they're all, you know, like, late 50s, like, kind of like, oh, I remember this story. And I could tell that all of them wanted to ask me if I had a girlfriend, you know? And I, I was very much giving off the vibe, like, whenever people were trying to, like, ask me a personal question, I would give off the vibe of, like, please don't fucking ask me anything. Like, right. And you just kind of have to shut down yourself for, for like, emotional defense in a way. Yeah, because, like, uh, you just don't... I mean, and that's, you know, it's like, how much do you want to say? Like, um, and that's the other thing is, is that shut the, shutting down parts of yourself, not sharing all of yourself as a defense mechanism, sometimes straight cis people will be like, why are you doing that? We, I'm not a bigot. You're an asshole for doing that. Sometimes they'll be like, why'd you do that? Like, uh, you know, and like, uh... Yeah, my parents were like, I wish you'd never been in the closet. Why did you decide to do that? And then, like, and what? then, and then here's the other reality of it. Where you do show your full sight. And then they go, why are you doing that? And it's like, this is what I am. This is what I am trying to show you. This is what I came out to you about. This is what I said I wanted to be able to do in front of you. And now I do it in front of you, and, and it's not okay. I, this oh, is see, strange. It's, I see what you're saying. It's different for me, though, because they don't seem to allow me to be myself. I feel still unwelcome being gay around them. I got my ears pierced, and they were like, we like that. And that was a nice moment, but that's the most the ice has been broken on my sexuality, is that I got my ears pierced, and they didn't, like, make a big deal about it. They, like, showed... I, I'm sure they're not cool with it, but they were like, we're cool with this. Right. I think, uh, in my experience, uh, I feel like there's just so much pressure for women to, like, get married and have babies and have husbands and, like, make their whole lives about men. And, like, uh... My whole I, life was supposed to be about that, too. Right, no, for sure, for sure. It's a family thing. It's like everybody wants the family. Grandkids. The role, you know, the gender role. You have to do what you have to fucking do. And, and if you're, like, not interested in that, uh... They're just like, wow, this person's broken, or they have issues. It's like, I don't have broken, I don't have issues. Or, got, oh, this person's useless, because they can't like, carry on the gene pool. Right, and it's, it's like, just what? like, why would you, uh, first of all, first, I don't know why I'd want to carry on the gene pool, but also, like, you know, I feel like, I feel like straight people feel like they have to, and they, they feel resentment, and they take it out on people that choose not to, and it doesn't matter if they're... If they're gay, I think the gay people are a bigger target because they're a minority and they're like deviant, I suppose, but uh, like, uh, you know, from the norm, you know, but like, yeah, uh, yeah. Not, like I'm not trying to call de gay people deviants, but like, uh, I mean, it's true, but. What literally, like, quite literally, they're deviating from the norm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I guess it's just like, like, what the heck? Like, I feel like straight people. Like, I don't know, have you ever met somebody that joined the army that didn't want to join the army? No, actually. I can imagine. I have met some musician folk who have taken basic training jobs and really resent 
uh, being in that. And even though the benefits are amazing, the benefits are amazing, and uh, they they still feel they feel like their job wasn't what they thought it was going to be. They they resent things. And I, I I can't you know it's like I I feel like yeah you know like that sucks like I hundred percent like that sucks. I'm sorry that you feel that way, but like you signed up for this, like you agreed. They were not like too ambiguous about what you were. Gonna, I guess they kind of are. They're the, the army is famously a bit misleading. I should be cutting them some slack, but I kind of feel like straight people, you know, they sign up for the army, and the army is notoriously misleading, and then they're resentful, or they, you know, about their experience in the army, and it's like you know. Gay people are like, I don't want to join the army, and they're like, fuck you, like you're ditching the draft. It's like, I'm. There's no draft. That's a, there's no fucking draft. Like there's no like, like there's nobody's. You know, I kind of feel like there is. You know, at, at the same time though, everything about the way our society works works as a married couple. You know, like being. You know, like everything about like having a house and like having a job and all these things. They're designed to benefit married people, but like. Uh, uh, also, that sort of lifestyle is is eroding. Like, there's not a lot of jobs that even do that anymore. Like we were talking about before about how many jobs they lay off the benefits, they cut the cut the pensions, cut the benefits of so many different things. It's not just teachers. It's also factory workers. It's also everybody. I mean, musicians, musicians, and uh, you know, in in Kentucky, it's a huge problem right now with people trying to. Uh, cut the public schools and to also cut the teacher pensions which would essentially cut the public schools because all the teachers would quit that's the you know I mean, you're defunding teacher salaries yeah you're, you're, yeah. you're shutting down the schools. you're shutting down it's a clear that's know. what fucking runs the schools is the teachers but um so uh anyway sorry i had to lick this joint weed is legal here in michigan it's yes um Thank and it's also for all the world it could be any kind of joint I suppose so there would never be it's not that yeah these joint. are dandelions that's what we mean <laughs> dandelion by weed. joints yeah that is a dikey kind of joint I would absolutely smoke a lavender dandelion joint have you ever smoked like, a clove cigarette I have smoked a clove cigarette my my uh, my ex was obsessed with clove cigarettes in high school which I thought was so like like ooh ah and then it was, was she like, into beat poetry too, you know. <laughs> that's the, she the she shat all over my poetry. She hated my poetry. Fuck her to death, man. The thing about poetry is that your spoiler alert. Drum roll. I can put a drum roll in if I want. All poetry sucks. All of it. It's just your opinion on different things that matter. Fucking enjoy what you enjoy. Leave the rest of it alone. That's it. All poetry sucks. All poetry's amazing. I ain't never read a poem I didn't like. That's really? the truth. Except for the weird meme ones where they're like, uh, where they're like, Jesus loves red. you and take your meds today. It's like, Jesus, are we in... Is this that episode of the Twilight Zone, you know? My filter fell out. Everything is fucked. Society is doomed. There we go. Never mind. Okay. Okay, what are we talking about? We are talking about families at Thanksgiving. Right. How, How do you, you deal with that, that shit? I am a good little Christian soldier most of the time. It may it's, it mostly feels like killing myself. You know, I just uh 
I will just not talk. And when people when people talk to me, they'll usually just like you know be like, wow, wow, you're really shy. I think like I don't know. I just literally never talked as a kid. I was like mute for most of it. So they're all kind of used to me being really shy. So it's easy to just like pretend to be a shy person for a day. And then they'll talk to me and I'll tell them things and like, um, uh, it's usually small talk and not a lot of the people in my family are into digging up too many graves except for, uh, my crazy uncle who has had six different wives and has more opinions than that, at least. And, uh, he also like, uh, has had multiple kids with each of those wives. Which at this point he I think he has at least at least fifteen kids. And like that guy is respected in my family, but like uh you know they don't think that gay people should get married and it's like but he, he has gotten like what the fuck? Like he disrespects marriage as if it is his full time job. Like, his whole life is about disrespecting marriage. Well, I guess that's why they're just so worried that gay people are going to also disrespect marriage. Like, look inward, I guess. I, this is like, I don't know, I don't know, I have another episode about radical feminists in the, in the, in their, uh, certain, certain types of radical feminists that hate trans people. And, uh, they're just shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again. They're just like, wow, you know, it's just like nonsense. Like, picking fights with the absolute wrong people about the absolute wrong things. And, like, a guy that gets married six times and has 15 kids and hates gay marriage is shooting himself in the foot a hundred thousand times like it's his full-time job. It makes no fucking sense. Like, who would do that? And, like, I understand that, like, uh, you know, Bill Clinton had this scandal with the affairs and then we have our chompy guy with the orange hair and the millions of porn star affairs. See, to me, that comparison shows that it's not about the affairs. It's not about Bill Clinton's extramarital affairs. Right. It's not about Trump's because people are going to hold them to two different standards. But when I ask my Trump voting dad why he doesn't like Bill Clinton, he, he will say... The scandal... That he had a lot of problems and he had a lot of scandals. But what that means is that he isn't actually answering your question. He's giving a cop-out answer to mask something that he actually thinks I should know. be the case. But what's well, worth saying? It's I I just saying that that's know. like what he insists on. You know, like uh, that's what they. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to call out this like, hey, you have a fallacy, you have cognitive dissonance, and then they come back at you with a separate kind of cognitive dissonance. That's all that can be done on their part. Right. And nothing can be done on our part to solve that problem. True. When it comes to talking about religion and politics and all that shit at Thanksgiving, I literally sit in silence and make as deliberate eye contact as possible. That is the most useful way to react that I have found. It's more useful than saying anything because having an argument won't fix the problem. It doesn't do enough to say that like, oh, you can't change someone's mind through an argument. With a lot of people who even now during the impeachment hearings that are going on right now for Trump, my, my mom for sure still is like an outward Trump supporter. 
to the alienation of her among all of her friends. A lot of her friends were Trump people who have jumped ship, thank God. But my mom is still a Trump person, and she's kind of like losing friends over it. She loves to bring up all this shit at Thanksgiving, and I'm bracing myself already for another, you know, like, we're going out to eat in St. Clair Shores, like about an hour away from fucking Detroit right now, um, for Thanksgiving. And I'm gonna have to sit there in a public restaurant, probably next to like, you know, some Jewish family, just a nice family trying to have dinner. And I'm probably gonna have to sit there and be among these racist people right. who are openly spewing kind of this like Trump rhetoric and I'm going to be seen as a part of them, you know? So like, what do I what do I do to set myself apart? Do I wear pink? Do I like, do I kink my wrist? Do you think that that's like uh, influenced your personal style at all or do you think that your personal style is, is just who you are anyway? No, I mean like the clothes I wear, you mean? Right. I'm saying like I have, like, long hair, you know, and that's something that definitely is, like, one of my feminine qualities. I don't consider, like, myself a part of the gender binary. Like, I fully consider myself gender non-binary, but I don't, like... I grew up... And I also think I'm, like, a gay man, too, you know? Like, I'm totally, like... Well, I I totally get that, because I am a non-binary person who also identifies as a lesbian, who also identifies as a man... And I don't think any of these identities are at odds with each other, and it doesn't make any sense why they would be if you understand that it's all just like a big fucking color wheel, and you can kind of just acknowledge that we're all more than one pigment. I mean, it's just like, there's a lot of things going on. But like, uh, sorry, I I don't mean to interrupt real quick. Uh, what, do you have preferred pronouns? No, I, I am unaffected by the English language. And I understand where people are coming from who want to be able to speak a language that is inclusive of how they feel individualistically. You know, I totally am behind that. When people want me to use pronouns, I'm right there doing it, you know? But when it comes to me and how I interface with reality as I take it in in my little brain, you know, the English language is such a fucking failure to me. I I hate it, and I am at a loss for words to how useful it is, just to prove how useful it is. So... People can refer to me however they want, and every time someone calls me he, I feel that kind of sting. And when someone calls me she, I feel kind of like validated and welcome, but not, I think, for the, for, you know, like conventional reasons, I think. I think it's because I was born as like a biological, like I was a boy, you know, I'm still a boy, whatever. The reason I think being called he stings is because I'm like, ooh, I don't want to be associated with, like, my dad and, like, Trump and, like, this machismo masculinity that I, in such a small part, feel. But I also am so, because of, like, growing up on the masculine side of things and, like, kind of being forced into it, because of that, I feel so, like, gushy when someone refers to me as a she. It used to bug the hell out of my mom. Like, I've had long hair for, you know, long periods of my life, and we would be in a restaurant when I was a teenager, and waitress would come up and be like hi ladies how's it going and my mom would like make a big deal like oh he's a boy and like i would always be like just like shut the fuck up like my parents did the exact same thing to me that i would get called they gave me a really short haircut by accident at the barber once because i i i I had cushing syndrome as a kid and the weird thing about cushing syndrome is that you get like a ton of fat on the back of your neck and like your shoulders and 
I looked like a little boy. I did not look like a little girl, even with long hair. I was just a chunky little, I was a chunky little thing. I mean, and like, uh, everybody was just like, what the fuck is that? You know? Jesus. And they were just like, so a lot of people call me it, and some people would think I was retarded, and some I people- I would prefer being called it. I like being called it. Honestly, I feel I feel understood, but I can't help but feel like that isn't some sort of something to do with actually being called it as a kid, you know? Like, is that like well, me sure. taking yeah. pride in the thing that made me feel like a monster? Or is that, or is that just how I literally see myself because it's all about the fucking twilight with the werewolves and the imprinting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this, it's all about this shit, so... Um, but so I, I totally like when I was a kid, I got a really, really, really fucking short haircut and everybody called me he, uh, especially because of the, the Cushing syndrome and, uh, and, uh, I fucking loved it. I had the year of my life. It was the best year of my life. And my dad was purple the whole fucking year. I've never seen somebody so upset. My mom would, would, would correct people. And after about, after, I mean, it was just so constant. She just kind of stopped, and she saw that it didn't bother me. She saw that, she saw that I was just like, yeah. And she would say all sorts of crazy things about like how much of a little dikey tomboy I was, and like you know, she said it was in those like terms. I hope not. It was it in in those terms, and Yikes. she would uh, she was really upset about. Uh, you know, and after a while, it just, it wouldn't let up. You know, I just wouldn't let up. I wouldn't wear dresses. I wouldn't, I would not do it. I refused. And she was just like, fine, I guess you're just a tomboy. You're just a tomboy. And then, um, you know, after a while, we just stopped talking about it because it just was like a thing. And um, when it got to the point where, like, uh, where other people were calling me he, it was fine. And then I, you know, puberty hit and absolutely everybody called me she, little titties and my dad insisted that I had long hair he insisted that I had long hair he wouldn't let me cut my hair short I tried to cut my hair short um they told me that I looked really pretty with long hair that they complimented me all the time with my long hair and I literally would get like nauseous you know and nothing when you have short hair though I didn't have I wasn't allowed to have short hair no but that for that year they probably didn't uh, they were so upset about that year. They never let me do it again. That was the thing. They just like they were like everybody called you he. They were very upset. They were embarrassed to be around with the he she. You know they didn't understand. Other people always thought I was a he, and then they'd figure out that I was a girl, and then it was even more embarrassing. They just wanted everybody to always know that I was a girl, and it was, it was always an embarrassment for them, and they were always uncomfortable. And when my hair, I grew up when when we were in school together. Zach and I went to high school together, and. Uh, when we were in school together, uh, we, uh, uh, I had hair down to my tits. I had long ass hair. I had like big old, big old curly droops. Didn't I too? You had long ass hair too, yeah. Have you always had long hair? No. Mm. No, for a long period, uh, I mean... I, re- I remember you as always having long hair, I think but I, I, did I have haven't long seen hair you in like time, a yeah. decade, so... It has been a long ass time for sure, but in that time, um... I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking of, um, uh, recently, like, maybe in, in the, like, a two-year span back in time, I was working a lot with my mom, and, uh, the job involved meeting, like, certain people at their houses and, like, you know, doing an inspection, and my mom would tell me that she was getting a lot of complaints because my hair was getting too long, and at that point, it was, like, barely past my ears, like, still a very masculine, like, my dad's hair right now is longer than my hair was then, 
when she was kind of, you know, gaslighting me about my hair being too long, like, oh, we're not going to get work and you're not going to be able to pay your rent if you don't cut your hair. So I cut my hair and this was, this was more than two years ago because this was before Trump got, uh, it was like during the lead up to the election. I cut my hair and that was like the April before and I was so fucking pissed at her. I hardly said anything to her for like six months. And since that time, I've been growing my hair out. And then Trump got into office and I decided that I wasn't even going to touch my hair up. Like, as my hair is right now, is untouched. No one has taken scissors to this hair. Look at all the split ends. Like, I'm very proud of it. You guys can't see it because it's in the... I'm sorry, I said you guys. Oh my god. Uh, Y'all can't see it. But it's fucking gorgeous. Literally breathtaking. I have some split ends if you look close. I got here and it was just like... I don't even, I'm a little, I'm a little overwhelmed. Thank you. Um, it's pretty good. I almost, I just, I have a huge thing for long hair. Um, no one has cut this hair since it's at the end of 2019 now, and it was April of 2016. I feel like the thing is, is that I want to say nobody should ever cut it, but I feel like Jonathan Van Ness would be like, if you trim it in a healthy way, it'll grow even longer. And he's right. My hair would be much longer now if I had been taking care of it healthily and everything, but as soon as he's impeached, I'll go get it cut. I'll get it trimmed, but I'm going to keep growing it out. It's a protest, you know. When so, people comment about my hair, I tell them it's my protest cut. Like, this fucking amazing, honestly. Like in the hippie era. I my my have my own version of a protest cut. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I got a fade going. It's impressive. Top side. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, you can't see you can't see their hair, but holy shit, it's really good. It's really good. It's really good. My mom, um, since in the past couple years, I've been growing my hair out. They have been making both of my parents small kind of like outward efforts to have the language of acceptance and over the past couple years it's been kind of positive i've been like okay they're obviously going to take a while to come around but i think this is going to have a good end you know like i think they'll actually come around and maybe in five ten years we can like have someone over for thanksgiving and i can like you know joke with them about butt fucking or whatever and right. like fun stuff that gay people want to do with their families and all that i i but, literally never want to joke about butt fucking i well, uh, i don't either but whatever right can i tell my, you that? i will say my mom tries to i don't mean interrupt i've been interrupting the whole time um i'm really terrible at that again i would love to blame the testosterone for this but i cannot it's okay. uh i just don't have any fucking tact that's the truth i don't have any filter and i am incapable of saying the right thing, but uh, now I forget what I was gonna say. This is good. What What were you gonna say? I actually don't remember. Fuck. Oh, um, it was I'm a bad host. Oh, I do remember what I was gonna say. So uh, we're good. So <laughs> my dad, I was saying that um, my parents have been kind of making small gestures, but I was uh, I was leading with that too. My dad, after a couple years, I came out to him. I think it's been like three or four years now or something like that over that time they've been dropping kind of like little hints that like oh you're cool now like gay marriage is cool and like oh your hair looks nice and we like your ear piercings and all this kind of shit and then a couple weeks ago it kind of came like like go back to square one like don't pass go like all that kind of shit my dad and I were having lunch I'm thankful to even be able to have lunch with my dad you know like I know that there are so many people out there that no, it's an incredible no. blessing. I think I think we should take a brief interruption just to acknowledge that we both have tremendous love for our families, uh, but we're just trying to bond about how tough it is sometimes to understand 
you know, the relationships and the, the balance and the, the feels and the... I am up against this kind of place right now where after this conversation with my dad, it's becoming clear to me how bleak my outlook ought to be on how my relationship with my parents will improve over time. After this conversation with my dad, I really... It wasn't... It didn't sound significant, but it is entirely significant. I'll just tell you what he said. The gist of the conversation... And it wasn't talked about in explicit terms. He was talking about how I was raised. And he said, I know how you were raised, and I think you're probably just going through a phase, and you'll, you'll kind of come back around to it. And he was speaking in terms of my politics. He was speaking in terms... Because you should know my dad was um, a city councilman in the town that I grew up in. Mm. Like, he was in local politics and okay. ran for state office loss, thankfully. Um, for, for I would say thankfully, I think he would too, but he got out of politics because of how corrupt it was, and now votes and supports Donald Trump, which is just cognitive dissonance at its finest. But a couple weeks ago, he did say to me on my politics that um, I'm going through a phase, I know how you were raised on his part to me, um, and you'll come around eventually, like, you'll get older. But my dad is an attorney, he was a politician, He's an incredibly brilliant person, and brilliant in the way that allows him to be manipulative in the most subtle, expert manipulative ways. And what he was saying, if I know my dad, I know that he was making a comment about my sexuality explicitly, while unexplicit. The thing is, is that um, my dad also says these things about uh, my sexuality and often asks me about I have I have some close straight friends straight guy friends and uh, all throughout growing up I always had gay I always had uh, not gay guy friends straight guy friends never gay guy friends um, I honestly I, my first gay guy friends were like late in college honestly um, and uh, I I just uh, I just, uh, <laughs> I have always had very close relationships with straight men, and my parents have always just been like, oh, when are you going to marry Adam? Oh, and when are you going to marry him? Oh, how is he doing? Have you heard from this guy? And like, uh, there's a, there's a guy I went to, I was in grad school, we were, we were both grad assistants, we were grad assistants together. We were like best fucking friends, and, uh, uh, Guy, I mean, I thought we were best friends. I, I'm not sure if we were best friends, but um, we spent a lot of time together. We lived in my apartment, basically. Like, we would just, like, play video games. We played, like, all of the Rockstar games, like, in a row. Like, because I'm hardcore about uh, my city in San Andreas. And uh, I also love, I have a soft spot for just the GTA 3. I think it's a really good game. And I'm... Um, uh, I just like it when it's clunky. I don't like it when it's all fancy and it's like doing movie sequences. I don't understand why video games have to be movies now. Every I, I like Red Dead 2 because that was a really good movie, but it was a movie. I played a movie. The expectation nowadays to play a movie. I should stop talking about this. Um, this is why editing is good. Um, but... The thing is, it's like, they're always like, oh, when are you going to marry this guy? I'm like, hey, fucking never. You know what I mean? 
Literally, I wouldn't touch that guy's dick with a 10-foot pole. We are bro friends, you know. And now it's like, all right, okay, Faye. You know, I, I am encouraging my masculine side. I might potentially just be a straight guy. That might be a fact. Um, that's a mind fuck on its own, you know what I mean? Like, I'm having a hard time with that, to be honest with you. But uh, I don't understand what about any part of my life would ever give anyone the idea that I was going through a phase. None of it. I've been hardcore, like, I've been literally, like, you know what I mean? Like, neither is yours. No, nothing in your life is a phase. But for some reason, this person who's been there the whole time has watched the whole thing. It's just, like, waiting for the, you know? Like, the thing is, though, it's the, so strange. At least, I mean, I can speak in terms of what I know about my parents. I'm sure it might be true for yours and all, you know, similarly people in the situation. But for my dad, he is uninterested in knowing about the parts of me the gay parts, that would lead him to the conclusion that it's not a phase. If he would only dig into, with some degree of curiosity about my sexuality at all, like when I came out to him, he's like, well, you don't want to be a girl, do you? He's like, as long as you don't want to be a girl. That's, I was what, like, that's what my mom said. My mom was like, well, are, you, are you trans? And I was like, no. And it, I mean, with the, sorry, I'm burping so much. Ever since I literally, all I do is burp now. It's fucking disgusting. Everything about me has become disgusting. Well, you're um, becoming a guy. Um, it's gross. <laughs> I just, I didn't know that it came with so much gas, you know. Uh, and, uh, uh, but, so, she was, uh, she was just, she said every, you know, like, all the things that people say that are, like, really bad. She said all of them in a row, like, as if she, like, was reciting them from a movie. She'd been practicing, yeah. She had, like, literally... The thing about it, though, is that, like, I don't know, have, have you seen have you seen the movie Joy? Oh, no. No? Fuck, man. Sorry. Fuck! That's a good movie! Um, but it's, it's important because there's, there's, other, there's other people, there's other moms, there are other moms in cinema who all they do is watch TV and it's, like, all they think is, like, a soap opera. My mom is, like, living a soap opera all the time. Like, her life is just one giant soap opera. And, and I'm, a, I'm, like, a star in her soap opera. And I'm trying to get off the stage, you know. I'm trying to get off the stage, into the crowd, and talk to her. Funny. And she's like, what part of the soap opera is this? It's like, fuck, man, there's no soap opera. You know, like, what the hell's happening to you? Like, I'm sorry that your life sucks so much that you live inside a television but like, fuck, man. So I, you know, I, 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 I like television. You know, I like fandoms, but um, I also like flowers and I like and reality. and reality and talking to people. And, and I, I'm, and not to just talk about myself for no fucking reason. But one of the things I like about podcasts so much is that all you hear is what people say. And my whole life, I felt like I've been watched and not heard. And I don't want to be watched. I want to be heard. I want to be listened to. And I, I'm frustrated when, when I talk to my parents and I feel like I'm being watched and I don't feel like I'm being heard. And I feel like everything I see, say gets misinterpreted because of what they see, not because of what I say. And I can't tell if it's me saying the wrong thing all the time or if it's them seeing the wrong thing all the time and it's like whose responsibility is this do i have to dress up like a clown all the fucking time 
so that you can try to understand me while I, you know. No. Or, no, it's not my job. I should just be able to be, you know, who I am and have people understand that, but... But it's hard because you revert back, you know, when you go back to the the I, home place and... I just feel like some people are just, they're just really brainwashed into the pink and blue. They just think, like... We I, all are. But, like, I, I'm going to be honest, I like Harmontown. It's a random podcast, uh, you know, uh... I was mentioning this earlier, but I, I listened to this thing, and they were they 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 had some very cool talks about gender and stuff. But I tell you, it's one of the more progressive gender talks I've ever heard. Uh, some straight guys do. I was very impressed, and they uh, they uh, still basically kind of made it sound like there are two species, and they never once mentioned that there are gender diverse people in nature, and they never once talked about how they're are legitimately non-binary people. They're never talked about how there are legitimately intersex people. There are never talked about how any of that. They were just literally talking about. It. They're like, oh yeah, there's just so many natural differences between the way that men and women are treated. And I, I understand this, but um, and they were talking literally about the treatment. So that could have just been. They're just a, zoning on that specific topic. But I really feel like people don't know that there isn't that much of a difference. Like, I, I don't feel like people know that there isn't that much of a difference. Like, I don't know why I said that twice in a row. Um, it's just, this, it's the same. You can take butt shots, you know what I mean? If you want to, you can just take a little pill and just try the other side. It literally, it's not that big of a deal. If you get, if you get the right doctor, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I, there are a lot of trans people, so many, so many in the world that 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 it's it's kind of nuts. America is one of the best places to be trans, and it's also uh, one of the worst places to be trans in a lot of ways. So we have a lot of visibility. We've got a lot of loonies that think that Facebook is the news, and they don't understand that it's a reflective little micro chamber, and that I'm I'm the I'm Oz right now. You know what I mean? Like I, it's fun as fuck to be Oz. But I'm, I'm sitting behind that curtain pulling levers and shit and posting memes and and like I love it because I talk to so many cool people that I never get to talk to otherwise. But like uh, Facebook is, is very limited in its perspective and I wish that people would stop getting all of their perspective from, from a little tiny little... You're thinking of your mom? Uh, my mom and my, 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 uh, my partner's family uh, quite literally does not do anything else. I, 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 I honestly, they, they just, that's all they do. They, they just sit on Facebook all day long. They will all be on the same room together talking to each other on Facebook. All, all night. How every night. These are like adult people. Adult people, fully grown adult people, uh, 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 30s, 40s, and, uh, 60s. Fully grown adult people. It's crazy. My mom um, would always chastise me for playing Pokemon on the Game Boy too much. You need to stop Pokemoning. Um, and now she's on her phone all the time. Literally all the time. And like having dinner with her is like having dinner with the wall. The 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 older people are the ones that don't have self control with the social media. The younger people are the ones that have had to had to literally live with it forever. You know what I think it boils down to? Can I give you my kind of a synopsis of the I problem with so the earth? I'm so ready for it, please. Okay ton of bricks here. This might be monumental. Lean forward. This it might be really me. stupid, too. Um, okay. I don't think it's stupid. I, I'll say this because I think it's it's absolutely the case. Um, 
So there are people in the world that can be categorized, everyone is either one of two things, how we like to do. There are people with a fixed mindset and there are people with a growth mindset. And my mom, your partner's family, people like them, do not have a growth mindset. These are people who think, I'm done. It's, it sounds so foreign because I cannot relate to this, but from, from what I can assess, it's people with a fixed mindset who are like, I'm not interested in improving. I've learned a lot, I've worked really hard, I've put my time in is kind of the, is kind of the attitude, I think. My entire gene pool who are living is this exact way, categorically, and I can't help but think that I am a growth mindset person. Like, I can't imagine 50 years from now, if I'm fortunate to live to be that age, being uninterested in how the world has changed in that 50 years, you know? Right. Like, even the next month after that, I'll be interested in what happened in that month. Literally, you know? it's gonna be so fucking cool, though. Well, the Earth is gonna be dying. It's, it's gonna, gonna, be, gonna be fascinating. We're all gonna be really miserable, but, like... It's gonna be cool to watch civilization collapse and see how long we last after that, but... I mean, even in those weird scenarios, you know, that might not even ever happen, all of those scenarios, no matter what happens in my future, I'm interested in milking the fuck out of it and seeing, like, what you can do with the time you're given, you know? And that's what gives me life. That's what I, I want to go forward with that spirit. But the reason I bring it up is because my parents are so not that way. It sounds like people in your partner's life not that way, on the phone all the time. And it's like, how can you just sit there in stasis... How can you sit there and do fucking nothing with your time or intellect? The thing about it, though, you want to know something crazy? Hmm. I have heard these people have the same rant. Like, like, the same rant. They'll be like, I can't believe these people. They they don't change. They never believe anything else. They don't, you know. They think the same thing. Like, they don't even recognize that they aren't that, that way. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like... You know, we are all ignorant about much more than we are knowledgeable, which is the most exciting thing about being alive. You can never learn everything, which is fucking amazing. But some people don't give a shit about that fact. Some people I think like... it's a coping mechanism. I feel like, you know, uh, the world is a nefarious place. We are all dealing with a lot. We are all grieving. And... How do we cope? How do we deal? Do we drink? Do we smoke? Do we do we exercise ourselves to death? Do we diet ourselves to death? Do we watch Fox News? Do we watch Fox News? Do we masturbate all day, every day? Ugh, While watching Fox News. But <laughs> um, but uh, and some people I think some people are religious and and some people they're dumb. They're 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 just like I am not I'm not interested. Some people are choosing to be dumb or proud of it. They're like, I'm so glad I don't worry about the shit you have going on in your head. You know what I mean? That's like, at least that's like, that's what's going on. Like, it's fucking nuts. Like, um, my mom told me, oh, you seem to know a lot about little things. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's what she told me one day. She's like, you seem to worry about a lot of things. A lot of worry, we worry about a lot of crazy things. I was like, yeah, I worry about a lot of crazy things. Because I got eyes. 
and ears, and they work, and I'm fucking like, what the fuck? There's, a, you know, I, I can't do anything about it. It's like if you're not outraged, you're not paying attention. It's, I understand. These we, are the you people know, who are not paying attention. Literally, you guys weren't there, but we had a whole dinner conversation about how productive anger can be, how productive uh, a lot of response can be, how how productive this this hype can be. And, you know, we got in a heated argument about it. It was beautiful. All the nipples were hard. It was like a lot of different sort of combative energies. And then... It did not feel combative to me. Well, it wasn't combative, but it was electric. So there was... we can agree on that. There was some... There was some... There was some... You know what I mean? There was some... It was more than just the Thai food. Uh, There was a lot of stuff. And we were talking about how, how angry... How angry is angry enough and how angry is too angry, you know what I mean? Like if you're if you're not angry, you're fucking dumb. But if you if that's all you think about, how what's your life about? You know, like what are you doing? Are you doing anything about it? Is it getting better? Can you control any of the things you're angry about? No. Can you control it? You can you control what it is that you're angry about? So I I told my son, I was like, you know, I try to focus on things I can control. I try to create things. I try to stay sane, and you know, I make salsa. I try to, I try to, I try to, I try to talk to cool people. I try to, I try to, try to do cool things. But you know, it's still hard to deal with. I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if you can ever. I don't know if you can ever be done with dealing with it. You just get better and more efficient at it. At dealing with anger. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Also, like, undeniably, like, it, they have not seen Shira, so they don't understand. But Shira is the best show ever, and you need to watch it. And it's so good. Maybe we'll watch it when we're done with this for like one episode. All right, it's hand drawn. It's very good. It's very good. The the Shira power friendship. Also, Shira. Anger literally like kills you. Also, anger in Star Wars kills you. If you're a fan of Star Wars, it's clear that unresolved anger that is not being properly channeled can in fact propel you into the dark side, which is not a good place to be. I mean, and at that point, it's not useful to be angry. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, undeniably though, the dark side's powerful as fuck. You know, like they got the they got some sweet ships. But why is it called the dark side, not the good side? Because their ships are black? Well, no, because they do evil. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I, that, the evil is why the ships are black. Oh, uh, okay. The, the evil makes the ships black. Director uh, of cinematography said that. No doubt. No doubt. Also, I think the bass trombone makes the ships black. That's definitely the soundtrack choice uh-huh. every single time. That's the, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek when the, when the enemy ship, the new Star Trek Next Generation, the new movie, the first one. The enemy ship enters, and there are six space trombones. I think it's like it's like the the craziest the craziest sound I've ever heard in my life. And when I heard it in the theater, I just shat myself and cried. It was like, and I didn't even pay attention to the rest of the movie. It's all I thought about for the whole rest of the movie. I was like, that was so awesome. And then I, it's a decent movie, otherwise. Six bass trombones can be the craziest thing you've ever heard. There are more things on Hellboy. Apparently there's a lot of contra bass trombones in Lord of the Rings as well. Movie soundtracks are dope. 
What about like Berlioz? What about like 24 Tempanists? Ah, I like it. I like Berlioz, but my problem with Berlioz is that they, they fuck up the weird shit with the... You know, I have a tuba bias with the Berlioz. Like, I like it, but it's it's for it's for a different instrument. It's very high. Isn't that the Ophiclide or whatever? It's for the Ophiclide, yes. And the Ophiclide's also like a, a wimpy little sack of shit doesn't make any sound. It's like, boop a boop It's like, perpy perpy It's like, imagine the saddest, most flaccid-sounding bassoon you've ever heard. Like a brassy, flaccid trombone and bassoon. It's just like... A flassy? A flassy. Flaccid and brassy? It's a flassy, brassy... A brassid? A brassid. Flaccid. It's absolutely brassid. The thing is, is that... Um, Positively brassid. I love that. It just has no... It has no vitality to the sound. There is no vitality in the sound of an alpha glide. No, no soul has ever been stirred by an Ophiclide. It literally starts with the word awful. It's not spelled that way, but it sounds like it awful in flight. every way. It's absurd. The word is misleading in every way. I just, I am upset about it. But it's fun to play on F2, but you know, you fucking nail it. But I tell you, I played it, I played it, it's just too fucking loud. It's in, the orchestration's ruined by the F2. Douche about it. I was probably just playing way too loud. That's part of the problem. But I have a recording of playing a Berlioz overture with an orchestra that is just absolutely outrageous. I should have been fired. They should have just been like, "This is done. Just let him out. Done." He obviously has no dick. You know, he's making up for something. This is unbelievable. Yeah, it was bad. But anyway, this is unrelated to holiday conversations. I guess Berlioz is festival music. Holidays are festivals. Well, in Berlioz, the lady gets her head cut off, and that's how I feel at the holidays. So. Exactly. I feel like a... a it's a, a shade away. ...person on stage getting their head cut off. And after... Okay, so in that piece, she gets her head cut off, but it's from the point of her lover, the guy. Mm. He watches her march to the scaffold because they thought that she was a witch. They cut her head off, and the strings go boom, 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 boom. That's the end of the fourth movement. Mm. In the fifth and final movement, he takes motherfucking opium to hallucinate and go dance with her in the afterlife in hell. Emphasis, motherfucking opium. Not a normal variety. This isn't standard opium. This is the good shit. This it's is like the when they opium. prime opium market. You know, like, if capitalism affected opium more than it does now you know what i mean back in the day it was like only kings and queens ate it you know what i mean or like composers i guess i don't, I don't know what i'm making everything this is the right opium now. of the people that he did it opium like, of the people all i'm saying it was probably some really good shit also a great metal band name opium of the people opium of the people divs i am willing good band name i am willing to start opium of the people but so, only if i get in kentucky honestly holiday shit with the family I don't know the right thing to do, right. but I'll tell you what I do, and you can make up for yourselves if it's the right thing. I shut down. I have a very conservative family, you know, on the degree of psychosis that is conservatism, they are very far to the right, uh, politically leaning, and while my mom and dad say that they're okay with my sexuality, it seems like bullshit. It seems like they're not in every other way besides what they say. So whenever it comes time for family stuff, I literally don't know what to do. 
And because, you know, as a liberal person with liberal friends and all that kind of stuff, they're like, you're obligated to talk to your family and, like, change their mind about racism and these, like, big concepts and shit. And for the first couple of years of the Trump presidency, I made... I started by making little attempts at having conversations, and then I made, like, big home run swings at, like, okay, guys, we need to really get to the bottom of, like, why you think, you know, America isn't for anyone but white people. Like, they've literally said to me, like, our founding fathers intended America to be for white Christians. What? Like, no. Like, hell fucking no, it wasn't. And so... I have tried time and time again from every angle I intellectually know how to make the improvements that I see that I could make. I asked myself, do I have control over this? The answer was, yeah, I can control this if I can find the right way to talk about it. And I've concluded that I cannot find the right way or that there must be no right way to talk to these people about it. And what I've concluded, going back to the fixed or growth mindset mentality thing, these are people who have a fixed mindset. And there is no way that you can get someone to not have that mindset. So there's no way to talk to them about anything. There's no sense in wasting your time. I hope I'm being clear enough about that because, like, I I don't know what the fuck else I could possibly do without, like actually hooking them up to like electroshock therapy and showing right. them Fox News like yeah to be clear this is not a guide on how to change anybody's mind this is a guide on how to be like what the fuck you know like because a lot of times I just you know because I, I have gay friends that have liberal families and they have no problems and everybody's fine and everybody's fucking nobody's got like nobody's got beef there's just no beef that exists like it's like kind of normal almost it sounds like hollywood to me i don't understand that that's what i'm trying to say is that you and i are like duh how do we try to change your mind i'm not nobody can change your mind i know nobody can change your mind i'm trying to say you know i'm just trying to make sure that you always know i'm human you always know uh, my strategy is i just like you're saying eye contact and a lot of silence (laughs) that's that's what i do too it's eye contact what i'm trying to say in my eye contact is are you hearing what you're saying? That's when I'm looking at them. And I'll make little jabs, you know, like I'll be like, like if, I, I can't think of a good example, but if they're talking about like immigration or something, I'll try to make like a coy comment about like, oh, like Uncle Jerry married a Korean woman. Like, should she get killed? You know, like my, one of my uncles married a Korean woman and since he, he actually killed himself and he's no longer with us from killing himself. And she was from Korea and I think that he, he, like, ordered her or something. That's what the family has always said, but who knows. I don't even know if that's possible for you to order a fucking bride from Korea, but that's what they say. And, um, maybe that's what I would bring up in that situation, but I don't don't know. My point being, what I try to do is sit there and make sure that they understand and make sure I really clearly understand where they're coming from. And I think that's to my detriment. That kind of really gets inside my head, and I'm, you know... I find myself lying awake at night trying to... Because I love them, I'm trying to figure out ways that they're not awful people. That's what I stay up thinking about. But the more time that goes by, in some ways, they are just fucking awful people. And the world will get better when they die. Like, 
that's a horribly cold-blooded thing to say, but I'm sure that members of my gene pool would say that about me as well. You know, I mean, that that is a depressing statement. And the truth is, is like, uh, it could be true. It could be true. And there are uh, undeniably uh, bad people who are bad and have bad uh, traits, bad qualities, express bad things all the time. There are also good people who are hurting and never address their wounds. And uh, they inflict their pain on everybody else all the time. And I have a hard time as somebody who is sometimes one of those people saying that those people are bad people who are going to wish me to hell, who think that I that I, the world is better off without me. I, that To me, that's something, that's a bad person. Somebody that would say something about that and somebody in their own family is a bad person. I, I personally, I have, I have been, uh, I have a very painful, uh, very, very painful relationship with my sister, um, who I have, have not talked to since I was 16. Uh, uh, she does not talk to me. She thinks I am disgusting. She thinks I am an abomination. She's very Christian, and she she has not talked to me. And she calls me a thing. And she she's she's a she's a she's I think she might be some sort. I think she might have some sort of mental illness because she she has a hard time having relationships with other people as well. My family is is my my family. My family, uh, I need to get some water. Spray my, on my pumla. Uh, uh, my family is uh, uh, is uh, really fucking weird about uh, health and stuff, and they're like really like uh, if it's expensive, we don't do it. So like, uh, yeah. um, uh, they uh, they just don't do that, and uh, they they would never. What I'm trying to say in so many words, and I'm trying to find the nicest possible way to say that, uh, if my sister had some sort of mental illness, there was never any chance that they would ever tell it to me. They would never say that. They did tell me at one point in, uh, in my life that she she threatened to commit suicide when she was in junior high, and then she also threatened to commit suicide later in grad school, and. Uh, Given the context of both of those situations, I don't understand what was going on, and I am not the sort of person that that uh, that uh, feels any sort of which way about uh, uh, my sister. Mostly because I have just had to understand this as something that is just not me. I just I've had to just distance myself from it completely, and I've had to just say. This can't possibly be me because, you know, it's not just me. There are people in her life that, that, are, that have been hurt by this. And, and she herself is clearly being very hurt by this. And I don't understand what's happening. Nobody talks to me about it. Nobody tells me anything. Um, but I just have to deal with it. I have to see her on holidays. And, and that, is, uh, that is something that is, uh, you know, she's aggressive. Towards me, I have, I have, uh, I have had physical interactions with her, um, and I, I'm a, I, you know, I, uh, I, 
we were talking earlier, do you identify as an angry person? I, I identify as an angry person, but I also identify as a hurting person, you know. Is it and the same thing? It's not always the same thing. It's not always the same thing. Are they always connected? I think so. I think they're always connected, but I think that there is also like a... I think there's also ways to be angry that have... that are just like... like hormones honestly and certainly just in my experience like I am not gonna blame testosterone has, an, has had an incredibly calming effect on me um, as a lady you can listen to the early episodes of the podcast if you don't believe me as a lady I was a thousand times more angry than this also I was inconsolable also everybody was everybody everything was everybody's problem everything was a terrible thing so um, I just don't really look at that part of the podcast anymore that was a while ago and, uh, but I'm saying, like, uh, you know, how do you deal with somebody who's aggressive in your family who, who doesn't respect your humanity? You can't. You can't change these people's minds. You can't do that. Um, Is it important to be present for them to feel challenged? I don't... I think it is. I think it is important to, to be present. I am present, and I, and I challenge them. But I will be honest... Uh, it's just such a painful thing, you know, to challenge uh, somebody who has been physical with you is is very upsetting, you know. No, believe me, I understand. Um, I I think that it is crucial for people in our positions who you know we're we're similar in that we have conservative families who are you know to varying degrees on an individual basis unaccepting of us as human beings, you know, and we're kind of caught in the middle, both of us of. You know, how to navigate this boundary of still coexisting with these people, even though you're not going to see eye to eye with them on things. Like, right. we need to find this bridge to, to exist on until, you know, all of us die. Like, how can we make the most of that time? Right. So, I don't know. It's really just fucking hard to come across to these people with anything that's going to make sense to them. But it also is really important that we don't just abstain from going to Thanksgiving, you know? Like... To me, sitting there at the table and having that eye contact and this kind of, like, disappointed look on my face, this confusion, this disappointment, all of that is a vibe that I bring to the air that I'm occupying, and that is what will challenge them, and that is what will get them out of the fixed mindset. If they think, oh, this person that I'm spewing all this stuff, like, I'm talking about how Mexicans can't come into this country, fags can't get married like all this bullshit you know any pick like name your ignorant poison whatever they're whatever they're spouting for you to sit there and to hear it with strength and stability will only terrify their their ground you know that they have these opinions built on for me to sit there and be like interesting that you think that oh so you read the bible and gay people should get married you're a woman though so how could you read the bible women can't be literate you're supposed to be stoned right after me for, you know, butt-fucking, like... Saying coy little things like that is the most that I'll ever do anymore with my family or any conservative people. But building this divide and, like, being like, fuck you, I'm not talking to you anymore. Like, fuck you, mom, you're, you're, we're never gonna see eye to eye, so fuck you, and I'm, here I go, we're never talking again. That is so useless, and it, it's just useless. 
what it is useful is to sit there and challenge it silently because she will change her own mind that way. That's the only way it'll change. It's definitely the warrior's route. The, it's definitely the hardest option, but I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, like you're saying, it's it's the it's the one that that has the most rewards for everyone. And um, it's important for anyone who's able to do it to do it. And that being said, if you're you know if your personal safety is in is in danger, obviously this does not apply to you. We're not talking about you. If you have an unusual, if you have a different, not I'm saying unusual, I'm just saying if you have a different situation, and, you, and that's that's your that's your situation. We are not that's we're not trying to give any sort of guide. We're trying to speak our truths and see if maybe it helps somebody else feel a little better about uh, how weird this all can be sometimes. And uh, you know, I I I have talked to some people since I started all this business who are. Um, uh, to put it politely, you know, not in contact with their family. And, uh, of course, you know, there are a million, trillion, quadrillion reasons to not be in contact with your family, and those are all valid. We are not trying to tell anybody, anybody, thing, anything, anything. We're just trying to say, boy, is it kind of fucking weird to love people that disagree with everything that you are. It's fucking weird. Um, and that's just how I would deal with it, you know. Like yeah. that's that's how I do deal with it, and I hope it helps some some person who hears this. But to me, it seems most helpful to myself to operate in that way, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can imagine lots of scenarios where I would feel good about staying home from the holidays, you know, for maybe not personal safety reasons, but absolutely emotional safety reasons, you know. Yeah. Like my family are all aging and I can kick all their asses, so come at me. But Right. They're also all gun owners and like absolute Second Amendment people, so who knows? I don't know, like sitting there and taking it is different from what I'm advocating for. Sitting there and subjecting yourself to rhetoric that you don't agree with. If that's a hard thing for someone to do, then this isn't the, the way. You know, obviously, if, if it's going to really emotionally scar you to go through Thanksgiving and to have to sit there and subject yourself to ignorance and, you know, bigotry, you, you can't do that. You have to do what's in your best interest. What I'm saying, just to be doubly clear about it, is that I have found that this is in my best interest. I am looking forward to a future, hopefully, where I can have, you know, a cohabitating, understanding relationship with my family. I'm not looking for this, like, gossip girl relationship with my mom, because it's never going to happen, you know? I will say that uh, uh, it just gets it gets a little better all the time. Sometimes it gets worse, though. I, there are some years where I, like, I, I lost contact with them, and then I slowly got back into touch with them, and then uh, we have gotten closer, and then took two steps back and then closer and then two steps back and then closer and then two steps back there have also been a lot of challenges that are you know other that are otherwise uh bonding or or destructive you know whatever way that happened to be but i'm just saying that uh uh, the effort is worth it you know putting in the effort is it can be worth it even if you're having a particularly bad holiday, and it feels like it wasn't. Um, sometimes there's just a bad holiday. Sometimes you just have a bad one, you know. And listen, if you have a hard time with Thanksgiving, have another one on your own the next day. Yes, Friendsgiving is the fucking best. I, 
I, I honestly, I'll tell you my real, if there's, if there is some sort of guide or suggestion, my suggestion, I invite a friend to my Thanksgiving, uh, all the time. I have, I have, uh, I try to have at least one friend there, and I have a very good friend, uh, a special guest, Extron, who has been on the Final Fantasy episode, who always comes to Thanksgiving at my house. His family is wonderfully accepting of him, and he has no sort of, like, strife with them about his queerness. And, uh, they are so, like, accepting of him that they even just, like, accept, they'll just, like, yeah, you come home for Thanksgiving, like, so a you're different telling weekend. Me that this is a queery, queery gay person who came out to his family, and they were like, cool. His dad, uh, goes to drag shows with him. Bullshit. This is a Real Housewives episode. This is, uh, real. this is the Real Deals episode. Yeah. The this Real is, Deals of the This real is world. the Real Deals, uh, gay boys of Chicago. I can in no way relate to that. Like, I'm telling you what, I live vicariously through him and it's fucking dope. You can do it too. You just gotta get yourself a weird, liberal, like, you know, happy baby. That's like queer jackpot. You can literally just, you know, fandom. That's what I'm saying. You could just, you could just like something, you know, endlessly. And usually they're really fucking cool. My friend, my friend Action is a good example of a fandom. And uh, his, uh, his family is so beautiful and they... They have been so welcoming to me. I love them. I've met them. And uh, uh, that he comes to my Thanksgiving every year. And he's coming this year. And uh, 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 he is a vegetarian. And I always have a special little separate stuffing that I don't use chicken broth with. And he's always like, why do you do that? I eat, I'll eat. i eat the chicken broth. I don't give a fuck. I'll make it an effort for one day. Don't make me a whole separate pan of stuffing. I'm like, I really just want you to eat a whole separate pan of stuffing because you're a fucking twig <laughs> jesus fucking it's Christ. a hint take it it is more than a hint here's your pan of stuffing Eat sir stuffing. stop it <laughs> jesus anyway but so um yeah i i i i really if that's an option for you um i know some people are like what the fuck i would never go to somebody else's family's thanksgiving but um, That's me, honestly. Like it tames it out. Also, you can go to somebody else's Thanksgiving. When I was when I was uh, d- disconnected from my family, I went to my friends' Thanksgivings. I went to about four different Thanksgivings. It was very fun. I also hosted one at school. Um, there was college. It's a different sort of time, though. It's a, it's a, it's a transit sort of time. And, you know, you're, you're college makes a lot of things more easy. You know, in a lot of good ways, it's useful to you. It's harder. Really to easy to be gay in college, depending on what college you're in. Especially gay studying the arts. Apparently, if you're not not if you're a Baylor, I heard I saw an article about uh, somebody writing about their experiences uh, being confronted by conversion therapy people on campus at Baylor. Baylor is a Christian university. Right. I have some friends that teach there. Mm. I, I The thing is, is that there are a lot of Christian universities. They don't all have that. Well, put it this way. There are Christians at every university. For sure. Uh, when I, I went to a you school up in New York, uh, like a, 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 a nice, fancy, big old whoop-dee-doo school, and I was like, oh, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be able to gay. I, I, pff, I was not able to be out and gay there. It was a, it was a big taboo sort of thing. It's a tiny <laughs> community. And there were more Bible studies than anything else, and it was a bunch of little fucking weirdo, little choir kids, fucking or little priesty robes, fucking each other in secret. It was weird, and it was fucking weird as hell. And I hated it, and I left because I was like, this is this is weird. But like, uh, 
you know, some colleges are bad. I'm not saying all colleges are bad, but if you get yourself a good college where you can be free to express yourself, it is of quite a fun time. It can be. Everyone is kind of in this etch-a-sketch mode when you enter college, you know, especially at the undergraduate level. And then when you go get a master's program, you presumably move, and it's similar, but you're in this new place, and everyone kind of shares that, so it's easy to make your own communities, even if you're kind of in a bad space, like colleges that, you know, you don't find a lot of advertisements for, like, queer support groups or anything like that, or, you know, just, like, the availability of therapy is something that a lot of colleges offer. It's fucking amazing. It's really, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really good perks to being in a college. It, it kind of ends up being a little, you know, society that treats care of you a little better than the real world does. So, um... You're paying for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You it's pay a, for that to be the case. It's a big old... It's now, a big what old... if we could pay into some sort of, like, public program that made everyone's lives better in the real world? <laughs> Taxes! What if that... Wouldn't that be so cool? I like that idea. That's fun. If we could, like, all pay money... But not if it takes my hard-earned paycheck or something. I don't fucking even know. The truth is people just want more money, but they don't understand that if you're not paying for your own fucking health insurance and if you're not paying for your own freaking like... A fucking like new car axle every two fucking years because the fucking roads are so bad everything's getting go 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 boom 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 you know what I mean I've been to Europe I went to Europe once and it was literally traumatizing what a difference it is over there the difference is so much that it's like I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed and I don't understand and I literally was just like dumbfounded just like talking to people about it I was like I, re- I was like I'm sorry but your city is so beautiful. I thought America was nice. And they were like, poor hillbilly. You know, they, it was just like, <laughs> fuck, man. This is bad. They were like, what is it saying? You know, I was just like, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I answered them was nuts. I mean, there were people drunk, just passed out on the street in cobblestone shells. Like, is this an episode of Buffy? What the fuck? Like, is Spike going to bust out of here at some point? And just like, start oh, like, you know, like. Spike in the in the early in the early days he was a hottie you know he was also a, he was a sweet soft sensitive little remember do you know have you are you a Buffy fan? I wasn't allowed to be gay when I was a kid. I was not allowed so to be no. gay when I was a kid either. I, I I watched Buffy in college and I I somehow watched Sailor Moon though. <laughs> what? Not Buffy. That's like a gay stereotype thing, right? All gay people like Buffy from that time. Um, I I was introduced to Buffy actually when we were at uh, at high school together. At the very end of it, my yeah. roommate. That was, was the time. Yeah, everyone was into Buffy around then. Um, but uh, I was never, I was never allowed to be gay as a kid. I was never allowed to be gay, and I was never allowed to watch anything like that. And uh, I pirated episodes of Xena Warrior Princess and watched them at two a.m. Nice. And I pirated the L word and watched it at two a.m. And I've uh, seen the L word. The L word. I was like, they're not gonna be if they've ever. I had it. I. I learned a lot about computers during this time. You learn a lot when you're trying to be secretive, you know what I mean? You learn how to do so much shit. Computers are a great tool. When you're closeted. You know how to do so much shit. And people are like, oh, trans people are sneaky and two-faced. It's like, but I tell you what, I've had to be. I I don't know what other choice I've had. What am I supposed to do? Like, be up front with you about how I think I'm in the wrong body? Like... I'm not. I'm in the right body, but it's a little bit of a different version. I say different edition. You know, like I, <laughs> I, I was supposed to take exit 27B, and they put me on exit 27A. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm in the, I'm in the wrong direction. We're going to have to do a big old U-turn. This is obnoxious. And somehow in that U-turn, they're like, don't you want to chop your tits off? I'm like, no. Why is this part of the U-turn? Like, get the fuck off me. Like, this is ridiculous. Have you ever heard it referred to as uh, handedness being transgender? Um, I, I, I've heard of this recently. Where the, the the idea being that like just the same as you're left-handed or right-handed, exactly. you just know that you're trans. It and feels weird to hold something in the right hand because you know you just oh just that's the thing that has made the most sense to me as a yeah. cis person to understand it for sure. Yeah, and also like uh, I'll be honest, I just I didn't really understand. I didn't really think I was trans until very recently. You know, like I, I, this is all pretty new to me, and uh, since I've been doing it, it's been like oh Jesus, yeah. And, like, it's been all very affirming. All of it's been very affirming. I like the term gender-affirming therapy, gender-affirming surgery. Yeah. I like these things. Because that's really what's going on when I... That's how I feel. I feel like... I don't feel like I am changing. I feel like every day I look up at the mirror and it's more how I see myself. And the truth about it is that I didn't know that I was seeing something different i thought i liked myself i i was convinced i was like boy i'm making a real good deal out of what i got i was like i really think i'm making the best of it and i i I enjoyed it and i didn't i just didn't really think it was that big of a deal and it's like you know the more i the more the more i take my gender affirming therapy the more i start to realize that you know the neutral that I felt before is not acceptable. Everybody else is not feeling neutral. I do not feel neutral anymore. I feel good. That's what life should be. That's what life should be. And uh, I think when politics are shitty, when your parents are idiots, when they're racist and stupid about things that you just can't believe that they would think that way about something. And and everything is so shitty, you kind of think, yeah, you know, everybody feels like, ugh, about the way they look. Everybody feels like, ugh, about the way they feel. Everybody has those down days. That's, I, I used to think, I literally, I was like, oh, everybody has down days. But yeah, you know, there's depression, you have down days. But when, I'm gonna be honest with you, I have not had a down day about my fucking face since I started the since the first week of testosterone. It made a difference the very first week that I took it. I have not had a down day. Nobody should be having a down day. You can have a down day within normal parameters. Like once in a while. There but there is I'm sorry, you know, we were talking about some like, you know, some things we're not gonna talk about no, we're not gonna talk about emotional regulation. But I tell you, there should be a down day regulation. There should be a cap on how many down days you have about your fucking face. If you don't like your face I, I'm sorry, There's, it's not plastic surgery that's going to fix it. You might have to change the way you, you talk to yourself. You might have to change the way that you treat yourself. You might have, to, might have to experiment with something else. For me, 
Testosterone seemed to really help. It comes with a whole bunch of risks. It comes with a whole bunch of things. It comes with a whole bunch of nonsense. Boy, I tell you, I was really worried about all that stuff before I started. Now I'm not. But it's the right thing for you, you know? It's the right thing because it's not... It's also just not dangerous. Like, Life is absolutely 100% not meant to be miserable. Exactly. There should be a cap on down days. There should also be a cap on CEO salaries. But, uh... They should correspond, actually. The more depressed, the more down days the employees have. Yes! The less the CEO gets paid. There should be a company down day record-keeping book. Everybody should say... See, we're creating like, jobs now. That's a new job for the company. Every day that you wake up and you say, I would rather kill myself and go to work today, you CEO should have to submit up. a form that says, I'm having a down day. The company is responsible for my down day. I'm here anyway. Here's my form. I'm going to work and pretend as if I'm not having a down day. And then... That'll be $1,200. Thanks. And then the company has to collect all the forms... And at the end, they say, CEO person, look at how many down days your slaves have. How do you feel about this? You are responsible for this by law. I think there should be a down day cap. That's all I'm saying. I know that people would take advantage of it, but uh, would they? I, I feel like there's people in Sweden doing it right fucking now. That's what I think. I'd have a lot of down days. You got me paid more for sure. That's what I'm saying. Hundred percent, yeah. That's you know how there's like a there's like a one and a half on holidays, you know. What? For like at the at the I, when I worked in retail, we get uh, one and a half. Oh, uh, time and a half. Time and a half. Yeah. For uh, uh, holidays, and uh, I think there should be time and a half for uh, for down days. Like if you submit, if you if you successfully show up to work on your down day. And you submit a completed down day form. You well, how much are, paper do you have? How you many should. Days my work. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I would work every day. Having a bad time. I think day. that people. I think that people. I think that people. There should be a. There should be a system. You know. I'm. I'm. And, yeah. I mean. I don't know. Down days should be part of society somehow. Probably not. Probably not. That would be chaos. Wouldn't it be chaos? If everybody was just like, oh, I can't, all the time, it would be chaos. Like, if the comptrollers were like, I'm tired, it'd be fucked. I mean, it's a pretty grand fix to the problem, but what if society wasn't such a thing that bogged down on people, you know? For what sure. if we lived in a world that tried to take care of itself and each other? Like, what yeah. if we were... That would be the goal. The goal would be to not uh, be in constant peril. You know what I mean? Literally, or like, I mean, just generally able to improve. You know, like we should still, you know, like you should have a burden upon yourself in a good way to improve your own life. But you should also have the freedom to do that. You should also have the ability to try hard to make your life good. That really, that isn't something that we have now. You try hard to push the boulder up the hill and then have it roll back down and then the next day you're like best case scenario I get this boulder up like an inch higher than I did but then it rolls back down it's annoying and you know like I I guess it's I guess it's fucked as hell you know that's just another way of seeing it but I think it's probably gonna get better here pretty soon I feel like there's um certainly uh I don't know, man. I am so worried about the fucking election. I am really worried. Don't be worried about it. 
I'm worried. I'm not. I'm just like. I just like. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not like. Ten years ago, we would have said, "I'm worried about the election, but we can get out there and vote." And now, the vote is even up for grabs. Like whether or not that matters, you know. Like our votes even meaningful anymore. Where I'm coming from with the election and really everything is, I can't control that shit, you know. So it does not enter my fucking brain. Yeah. And it, of course, it enters my brain. I'm lying, but. You try to push it out. Uh, my brain doesn't logically see a need for it to be there, so it leaves, you know? I can't... I can't do anything about what is going to happen with the election. Literally nothing. I can give my last cent to Bernie Sanders and throw the Russians can still hack it, you know? Like, whatever. I can't control it, so what can I control? What can I do right now? I can make some music, I can, you know, talk to the people around me, I can make my little slice of the pie a little nicer, that's all I can do, you know, I'm going to do the best I can at that, and I'm going to die, that's it. That's a very, you know, shorthand and bleak way to look at it, but I find it to be very freeing. Are you going to have down days? Hell yeah, you're going to have down days. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be the only kind of days that you have. I would say the first 24 years of my life was not me living it, it was me trying to be some other thing, you know, I'm sure you can relate to that. And... At a certain point, I was like, I want to see in color again. Like, I want to go do shit that I want to go do. There are things that I want to do, and I'm not doing them because every day is a down fucking day. Right. So that's what put me over the edge to come out and finally be honest with the world. And I had to explain to basically everyone that I had ever known, like, hey, I've been bullshitting you this whole time. Like, sorry about that. And it was hardest to say that to my parents. And after that, the color started coming back into the world. And... I started to want to make music again, and I, you know, started wanting to improve my life in general, and it started happening, you know. At the, at the detriment, well, how do I say this? Not at the detriment of society, but it seems like the world tries to keep me down, and I just let it try, you know. Like, of course it succeeds sometimes, you know, I have down days, but right now I would very honestly say I have a perfectly proportionate number of down days. I'll work myself really hard to a point of exhaustion for like two months, and then I'll sleep for like an entire week. That's the cycle that I'm in. And that's great. That's fine. I'll have like an awful week where I'm like recuperating and, you know, it's not like, mm, I'm sad, let's make some tea and it'll all be better and then it's better. It's like, no, like I need to take a fucking week because I was just in this two month like shitstorm of work that I was doing. I'm lucky to do, you know, most of my work is stuff that I love doing. And I work really hard doing it, exhaust myself, I have a couple down days, and I get right back up there. That seems reasonable to me. That seems like a normal human life, you know? I'm trying to get better at that all the time, but like, oh my god. The down days being every day was life, and that, it, that isn't life. Yeah. It's barely sustainable. It is not the same as living. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fun to, like, uh... I think the best thing to do is music and, and talking. And that's the thing is, I feel like a lot of times people, they, they don't talk, or they certainly don't say what they need to say. And uh, you don't necessarily have to say what you need to say, but in my experience it does help me tremendously to hear what I'm thinking. If somebody else says it, you know, when 
somebody else says what I what I'm thinking, it's like, wow, okay, I'm not crazy. That's validation. It's it's really important, and uh, you know, like uh, lyrics to songs that resonate with me do that to me. Uh, melodies do that to me. Uh, rhythms do that. I mean, scents, smells, tastes. These all bring me to certain places that can do certain things. I mean, and and if I'm not living, if I'm not noticing, if I'm not trying to to make the best of all of these beautiful moments, then life is very shitty. It's very shitty. And uh, uh, that sounds like a lot of pressure to me, honestly. Well, it's not. It's not. It's not like a. It's not like it's a chore. It's uh, it's to milk just, uh, every moment for the best of it. I'm know? not necessarily. It's not about like trying to even be optimistic. It's literally just about being observant. Just being like, that's not awful. Like it's not. It's not necessarily like, uh, oh that makes me happy. Like oh yay. It's just like huh, you know, like you know that table, kind of looks like Winnie the Pooh. You know, I don't really think that it's like a great thing, but I just kind of made me chuckle for two seconds. But by being present in the moment and looking around you, you know, you got something minuscule but fun out of it. Exactly. String enough of those together and you have a good life, you know. I mean, my partner is the best at this. This is mostly where I learned this from. And uh, she is literally just a, a ball of giggles. She just is like a human of sunshine and she deals with so much shit I don't know anybody that deals with more shit than her she's dealt with me in multiple surgeries she's dealt with me and she's dealt with her own family in multiple surgeries she's dealt with uh, she's dealt with a lot of stuff she deals with a lot of shit and uh, she is just like I just don't understand you know I just it blows my mind like and she will just see something and just burst out laughing and just like it's the most magical thing and to me it's like you know it's not about being uh fakely optimistic that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about just noticing a real thing and sometimes it's a bad thing and that's fine too sometimes saying boy that sucks boy yeah it does that's fucking real thanks for being in reality with me everybody else is on their phone I'm so fucking glad somebody else noticed something I can't even speak in words. You know? And when somebody notices something funny, boy, that's the light of my life. It's the thing that makes it okay to be alive. And, like, you know, I I have a really hard time, but I am... I can't help but, but, but especially the more hormones I take, the more I just notice that things are so... Cool. Like, there's just a lot of cool stuff. Like, I used to think that there was only a little bit of cool stuff. Like, when I started the podcast, I was like, I'm going to curate for you a, a select number of things. These are going to be some choice things. And my first music series is, like, people I don't even like because I picked it, like, based on what I thought was going to be what I should have done, what should have been this and then that and goddamn fucking estrogen shit. It was, like, unbelievable. It was like, I am a pussy in a playlist and um uh i just don't even know that person anymore you know and it's like it's kind of weird 
but it's also like amazing and I just am kind of living for it and I just don't even care I don't I, I don't know I went through a huge period around three months the thing about starting hormones they put you on a tiny 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 dose and the thing about being on a tiny 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 dose of hormones is that you're just kind of disordered <laughs> like you're not like I'm gonna but this is gonna sound transphobic but you're just you're just like you're kind of fucking crazy for a little bit like I was the most horny, the most angry, the most emotional, the most fucking crazy. Like the first three months, it was like, ah, it was fucking nuts. And then ever since then, it's just kind of been slowly leveling out. And like the, I'm still on like, I'm still on a half dose. I'm still on like half of the normal amount of like a, of, of like a regular dude. Like a regular dude has twice as much testosterone in his veins as I do. So like, uh, that's kind of weird to think about because I've had so much change and it's so much more level than it used to be. Like, I just feel totally normal now. I don't really feel much of anything weird. But, like, uh, I tell you, the change is crazy. Like, I, now it's like, boy, everything's gorgeous. Like, you know, it's not gorgeous, but I don't mind it so much. Like, it's just, uh, not again, I can, like, I can look at it in my head. I could just I be like, you know, before I was like, oh no, everything's terrible. Um, and I think that uh, when I am home for the holidays with my family, I am the most emotional that I am throughout the whole year, honestly. Which is why I wanted to make an episode about it. It's, it's the most tender time for me. It's the most uh, sensitive uh, company. It's the most stressful thing. I am the most anxious. I get the most upset during this time of year. And it pretty much it starts around now, and it doesn't end until New Year's. So, uh, I never spend time with anyone after Christmas. I don't usually even go to Christmas. But for some reason, it's just the, the dates and the traditions that are happening that I don't observe. I don't do anything for New Year's. But I just kind of, like, feel weird <coughs> around New Year's, because we always have, like, parties and stuff. Can I tell you my attitude towards the last two months of the year? Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving is hard because it's the largest group of people. Christmas is usually a little bit more of like just my two parents and my two grandmas who are still alive. Um, Thanksgiving sometimes is like a larger group with more distant relatives come one come all and therefore there's more political discussion. Christmas, even though it's small, um, Christmas dinner and presents time is always, you know, like a hotbed of discussion. So... Through those two periods of time, I generally, like I was saying earlier, just felt very quiet and present, aggressively present, I think is the right way to say it. And then there's always a great party in Detroit at New Year's, you know, and I just go party it out. The The last two of the years, the two months of the year, the last two of them, I feel a dutiful obligation, I think, to honor the fact that I am lucky enough to have a family. You know, so I put up with it and I do what I think is socially right in being present and listening. And then I start the new year. I, I take it very seriously how it's like the beginning of a new chapter and, you know, the kind of all the cliches I lean very much into. And to me, nothing is a better way to like replenish your mind, body, soul, life than to party really, really fucking hard in like, you know. Absolutely, no it, doubt. It's it's really important. It is a it is a it is a protest. It is a activism of its own. So, if the holidays are something that don't 
bring you replenishment in the way that I think they were designed to do. Create something that you can get your own replenishment or find something that gives it to you, you know? Everything is about balance in life and to me that is the absolute most effective way to balance things. And if your life is very boring and, and otherwise somewhat limited, I encourage uh, getting a house plant. That's also something to do. It's fucking dope. You can just be like, this plant's alive because I love it. And you, you know, most everybody's, there's like a variety of plant that nobody's allergic to, you know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of excuses. Would anyone admit to having a boring life? Um, I know a lot of people who admit to having a boring life. I but just do they not like it? Or do they like yes, it? Yes, they hate it. I know uh, 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 my partner's birth mom has a boring life and hates it and is a little sad. And I, I, I am going to give her a plant the next time I see her. I'm excited. Interesting. I need to leave the city more. What about being trans means I have to have hated being a woman? You know what I mean? Like, what about what about that experience? Like, uh, why do I have to, to, to reject that? Why does my masculinity have to reject my femininity? Right. I, in fact, think more and more every day that I might, in fact, be a straight male. It is a, it is a curse worse than death, but... I, I honestly just don't feel that way because I just fucking love being a lady so much. I know straight guys that, that love their feminine traits and they're not at war with themselves at all. Maybe I'm just one of those, but I, I you know, I just don't think it should be part, I don't think it should be a requirement to, to Well, it's yourself. not. I know. It isn't. It isn't. But boy, does it feel like it sometimes. Especially in the tucky. In the tucky, everybody's real, real, real hardcore binary trans. There's not a lot of non-binaries in the tucky. There are some. I have met some, but there's not. There's not. Um, and there's. Uh, it's because you know it's the South is just more gendered. Everything is more gendered. I mean, there's literally like so much gender. There's a place that's like a restaurant in town that's like uh, cocks and hens in the bathrooms. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm like, boy, I'm not a hen. You know what I mean? That's fucking bullshit. Like Glasses I, and dingoes at Outback Steakhouse or something like that? It's ridiculous. Outback Steakhouse is like... Uh, Shout out to Outback Steakhouse. Sponsor, <laughs> corporate sponsor of the podcast. Yes, yes. Outback Steakhouse uh, makes Bad About It possible. Absolutely not. Um, but uh, uh, their Bloomin' Onion is not as good as it could be. That's all I'm going to say. I know how to fry an onion. It's a, a disappointment, for sure. The Bloomin' Onion, yeah. You know, I, I, as someone who is, who is, is... Honestly, onions are my favorite food. I know that's a bit strange to say. People give me shit for this. Onions are legitimately my favorite food. What a versatile... Can you say the word, word again? What is it called? Onions? Okay, you were born in southern Ohio, though. Yes. Okay, so... My grandma comes from Tennessee, and my family has always made fun of her for saying U-N-G, onion. Onion? Onion. Onion. Honey, it's onion. Onion? Un- ah! Onion. Un- I can't. Like, I, like U-N. Orion? Not onion? like ung, like an N-G sound. Onion. Onion. Next time you're having a conversation with someone, whoever's listening to this, notice how they say the word onion. 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 I can't. I can't deal with this. This is discrimination. But this is homophobia. How you say? How you say onion? <laughs> how uh, onion? You know, honestly, like 
uh, I just I just feel really cornered. But uh, <laughs> I know how to fry an onion, and I also know how to say onion. And I was really gassy, and um, <coughs> I don't want to cut that out. It's disgusting. I don't usually cough on the podcast. It's not a feature of the podcast. I don't usually have pneumonia during the podcast, but um, so it's just like it is what it is. But uh, uh, boy, I tell you, this has been a very fun episode, has it not? Absolutely. It's Do nice y'all feel like you're prepared for your weirdness? I think we are. I think we're prepared. It's been such a blessing. I feel ready. You feel ready? For weirdness. So ready for the weirdness. At all times. All times. Permanently ready. So, do you have anything to say? Do you have anything? No, it's been nice. It's been cool to kind of, you know, talk about queer stuff. I don't get a chance to do that very much. You know, um, people that are not queer are not usually interested in queer stuff. It's sad. You know, Some I have of them no are. gay friends. I have no, like, queer, lesbian, like, yeah. nothing. I have straight guy friends and then, like, girl friends because I'm gay, you know? Like, most that's of my it. friends are straight because that's just most people are straight. I have some... I have, like, one. I have one gay friend. One gay girlfriend. Hopefully now two. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so do you have a lesbian friend? Yeah. And a, and a trans man friend. Yeah. You get a twofer. Absolutely, a twofer one. If you also, you can say that you have a non-binary friend, you can go a threefer. Two for the price of one. Threefer. Yes. Nice. I mean, I don't want to be like, I'm the best bargain that there is, but this is just an undeniable fact. Can't be that a big loss, can you? My girlfriend, you know, she's very satisfied in many ways. She dates many people. So, like, it's just all sorts of different things going on. Nice. And uh, it's just a good thing to be, and I'm not ashamed it's weird as hell. I used to be so ashamed of everything. I used to be ashamed of my own fucking face. Again, as a PSA, if you're out there and you hate your own face, you know, send me an email. You know, my email is uh, Becky with the good hair, M A I at gmail.com. B E C K Y W T G H M A I at gmail.com. I am sorry. Mad about it was taken. I didn't want to do Mad About It 69. Stop it. There's no other reason to do it. I just, I don't, I don't want to rewrite everything. I don't want to do redo everything. It's an okay email. Is it the best email? Stop it. And if anyone's ever looking for me in Detroit, my name is Zach. I play experimental music, and there aren't many people in the city of Detroit who play experimental music with my name, so. Also, uh, they're the best in town. And they seem to know all the best places, all the best parties, and, um... It's true. And I... Oh, also, we're going to ha- have them back for another episode, uh, about techno. And apparently I was going to say, oh, but we should do it about Detroit techno. And they were like, oh, excuse me, that's redundant. All techno is Detroit techno. So, I mean, stay tuned. This sounds like a pretty authentic, a pretty authentic episode, so... And uh, go out there, get some onion rings, get ready for some, get ready for some techno, and uh, ta-ta, mwah